There is no path closer to getting to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, closer uh, to being a believer, closer to being success, successful in the hereafter, closer to being a good human being than, than truthfulness. Now, let's look at it from another perspective. When you have truth, then there's a balance in the world. When there's truthfulness, there's a balance in the world. Relationships become stronger. I generally always tell uh, couples, husband and wives, that any of you make a mistake, just be upfront with the partner. Just be upfront with your spouse that I've made a mistake. Because they will always find out. If you manage to hide it for a while, with anybody actually, anybody close to you, whether that be your spouse, whether that be your family or anybody else, if you manage to hide it for a long enough time, and then it's found out, it's actually even worse. Because how did you deceive us for so long? People take it as a major affront. Recently I had a case like that where they're saying, well, he lied to me for this long. I said, it was apparently a guy was, a husband was having an affair and then he lied afterwards. So the wife is getting really, really upset by the fact that he lied. I was trying to understand. I said, why are you getting so upset by that? I know it's something to be upset about, but you're not complaining about the affair as much as you're complaining about his deception afterwards. Like what else do you expect him to do? He's done something wrong. He wants to hide it now. I'm not saying it's justified to do that, but you're getting more angry about the lying. But that's the weird thing here. That's what I want to try to highlight here that, you know, people can make mistakes, but then to lie on top of that is seen as a much bigger affront. It was really strange. I've, I've had two cases like that recently where they're more upset about the, you know, the, the follow-up than they are about the... It's almost like they've said, okay, you made a mistake, but should have, should have come, uh, should have been upfront about. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wassalatu wassalamu ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa baraka wa sallama tasliman kathiran ila yawmiddin amma ba'd In his Risalatul Mustarshideen Imam Harith al-Muhasibi He says Wa'alam annahu la tariqa aqrabu min al-sidq wa la dalila أنجح من العلم ولا زاد ولا زاد أبلغ من التقوى. These are a few short, short advices that Imam Harith al-Muhasibi is providing. Each one of them is actually quite rich, and it needs to be pondered over and benefited from to see how we can relate it to our lives. Each one of these will have a benefit in our life, inshaAllah. So the first thing he says is that know that there is no path closer than the path of truth. No path closer to the path of truth. Now this basically is a number of things. Truthfulness is an extremely important aspect in good humanity, good ethics, being an insan kamil. Because everything is related to the truth. We are here because of the true one, which is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, al-haqq ta'ala. He created us. He, dis he had the truth come to us. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the truth and nothing but the truth. He gave us his words, which is the Qur'an. Haqqum mubin. That's the clear truth as well. Thereafter, our life is supposed to be full of truth. Truth is what helps to keep a balance in this world. When you have untruths, there's an imbalance that gets created. Uh, for example, 
there are a number of establishments in the world today, a number of institutions which have now lost their reputation, lost any kind of reliance upon them or trust or whatever. For example, a political system. Because we're living in a really uh, weird time where it's almost accepted to have some untruths and it's tolerated. And people get away with so much on untruth just because you can be a bit more savvy about it. You can be a bit more clever and intelligent and sly about it. So we live in a really, really strange situation. So many things we read about. It's almost like uh, the news media uh, in its various different forms, most of them. The relationship we have with them is that it's almost like people think it's necessary to read them. But at the same time, the people who are reading them, who think it's necessary to read them, know that not everything in there is the truth. If it's not completely inaccurate, then there's definitely a spin. And if there's no spin, then there's selective reporting, where you ignore certain aspects based on the narrative and the policy and the outlook of the particular news organization. But yet, we still take news from there. We still read it for whatever reason. What a life we're living. What a time we're living in. That if something is not true, something is not always true and is open to doubt, reporting about certain countries or reporting about certain organizations or certain people or certain religions. We've seen over and over again how not even mistakes, not even blunders, just complete misreporting. And yet we still have to read them. We still have to go to such outlets. This is probably no single outlet that's 100% among the, ma among the mainstream. So we're living in very, very strange times. But yet he says that there is no path closer to getting to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, closer uh, to being a believer, closer to being success successful in the hereafter, closer to being a good human being than, than truthfulness. Now, let's look at it from another perspective. When you have truth, then there's a balance in the world. When there's truthfulness, there's a balance in the world. Relationships become stronger. I generally always tell uh, couples, husband and wives, that any of you make a mistake, just be upfront with the partner. Just be upfront with your spouse that I've made a mistake. Because they will always find out. And if you manage to hide it for a while, with anybody actually, anybody close to you, whether that be your spouse, or whether that be your family or anybody else, if you manage to hide it for a long enough time, and then it's found out, it's actually even worse. Because how did you deceive us for so long? People take it as a major affront. Recently I had a case like that where they're saying, well, he lied to me for this long. I said, it was apparently a guy, was, a husband was having an affair and then he lied afterwards. So the wife is getting really, really upset by the fact that he lied. Like, why? I was trying to understand. I said, why are you getting so upset by that? I know it's something to be upset about, but you're not complaining about the affair as much as you're complaining about his deception afterwards. Like what else do you expect him to do? He's done something wrong, he wants to hide it now. I'm not saying it's justified to do that, but you're getting more angry about the lying. But that's the weird thing here. That's what I want to try to highlight here. That, you know, people can make mistakes. But then to lie on top of that is seen as a much bigger affront. It was really strange. I've, I've had two cases like that recently where they're more upset about the, you know, the, the follow-up than they are about the... It's almost like they've said, okay, you made a mistake, but 
should have, should have come, uh, should have been upfront about it. Now with Allah, you can't lie anyway. You know, there is no lying with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He knows and there's no way to lie. But yes, people like some kind of system, some kind of transparency and clarity, even if people make a mistake. And people are willing to forgive that. But when you lie on top of that, that's seen as a greater problem. That's seen as a much bigger problem because that creates instability in the world. And when you have instability in the world, you can't live a kind of a harmonious, predictable, consistent life. It's really troubling because you're doubting all the time. Can you see how bad lying is? There's a doubt all the time. There's a doubt all the time. One person was telling me they are part of, the, him and his group of people, they are part of inherited businesses or ongoing family business in another country. So their parents have started businesses or grandparents or whoever it was and they are now in the business. And in that particular country, there's a lot of what they call the, uh, I forget what it's called, in order to avoid import tariffs, uh, import taxes and so on, they under invoice. So they show less on the invoice and they find other means to pay and so on, just so that they don't have to pay so much tax. Now he's telling me that I want to avoid it, but I can't because it's my father's business and he, he won't. You know, because it won't be as viable then. So I was just wondering, you know, I, just, I was just curious why, you know, because he was very, very, very aggrieved about it. So he said, what happens is that I've noticed that because it happens in there, it kind of then follows up onto many other things. Um, you, because that becomes a kind of a mindset you start doing that in other things as well. It becomes easier to do because once you've broken a taboo, it becomes easier to do it in other things. So, cheating with benefits, welfare, and so on, then it becomes easier to do that elsewhere. It's very difficult to be like very selective. No, I can't lie here, but I'm okay to lie here. So people do actually. They just think it's okay to lie in this case, but not in this case. So he said it just carries over to many other things, and I don't want to do that because it upsets the whole balance of your life, the whole balance of your function, the whole balance of you as a human being when you want to be a straight human being with no doubts in your life, right? with no inconsistencies, as, as clear as possible. So there is that. And the benefit of truthfulness is directly related to spirituality, absolutely and directly related to spirituality. Because if a person can be untruthful in other things then while you can't really be untruthful with Allah but they will do they'll be so deceived that they'll actually try to be untruthful with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it's a really strange conundrum even though the belief tells us that you can't be untruthful with Allah because he knows everything he knows everything but it just becomes chronic it becomes a chronic problem now what's really interesting is if you remember the Tasawwuf lectures, it shows that when you start ascending the maqams, ascending the maqam of uh, the various maqams of spirituality, the highest one, the highest one, which is just below that of prophecy, Pro prophethood can only be gained through Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that's ended anyway, so there's no more members in the Prophet maqam anyway, uh, meaning the station 
of prophethood. The one below that, that humans can reach, that everybody else can reach, aside from prophets, is the maqam of Siddiqiyah, of absolute veracity, being the absolute champions of truth. That can only be reached, that, that is called maqam of Siddiqiyah. Like it's a maqam of being truthful. Like there's no, that, that, its name is that. Those people who have shown absolute truthfulness and sincerity to Allah. Because when a person is very, very truthful, they become sincere. That's what ikhlas is. Ikhlas is absolute veracity with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that's how a person becomes truthful with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that's how they can ascend that. And what's interesting the ulama say is that that maqam, that specific designation, there's no end to that. You can keep ascending in that. It's an endless ascent into that maqam of siddiqiyah. So you don't reach there and you're all the same. Then there's people at different levels within that. But it's tough and it's quite, uh, quite an intense maqam to reach anyway because you have to show yourself to be absolutely truthful. As Allah says in the Quran about the Sahaba and others, وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ قَضَى نَحْبَهُ وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ يَنْتَظِرُ وَمَا بَدَّلُوا تَبْدِيلًا So that is, وَعْلَمْ أَنَّهُ لَا طَرِيقَ أَقْرَبُ مِنَ الصِّدْقِ There is no path closer and more facilitated except by Sidq and truthfulness. Then he says, وَلَا دَلِيلًا أَنْجَحُوا مِنَ الْعِلْمِ There is no dalil, there is no sign, there is no evidence more providing of success than knowledge. More success providing gives you success. If you want success, it's knowledge. And that's in a worldly sense, that's in a spiritual sense, that's in an imani sense, the more you know. Today, subhanAllah, we believe in Allah. And as we talked about last week, we last, in the last session, we actually believe in Allah. I mean, if you're a believer, you believe in Allah. But I think there's a massive unawareness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, of who He really is. We know what we must believe, hopefully. We know that much to be qualified as believers. But in order to love Him, you need knowledge of Him. Because you can't love somebody unless you know their characteristics. The way to love something is through their... Why do you love something? Is because of their characteristic. You like a characteristic of theirs. And Allah has all the beautiful characteristics. وَلِلَّهِ الْأَسْمَاءُ الْحُسْنَى وَلِلَّهِ الْمَثَلُ الْأَعْلَى So if you don't know it, you, don't, you can't love something you don't know. But the more you know it and have characteristics, then you can't even help but love them. And that's the beauty of this. So it's the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that will really, really help. So knowledge, there's no way of success except through knowledge. You become more aware of anything and you become more skilled at it. You become better at it. You become less prone to be deceived regarding it. Shaitan can't deceive us if you have a knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Shaitan can't deceive us inshallah if we have knowledge of the deen. At least we'll know that we're doing wrong. It's worse to do something wrong and not knowing you're doing wrong. Or is it worse to no, do something wrong and you know you're wrong? What is worse? I don't know. It depends. If you know you're doing wrong, at least you have a possibility of making tawbah and repentance because you have a guilty feeling. But if you don't know that you're doing wrong and you actually think you're doing right and it's misconceived, misconstrued because shaitan creates a deception, then that's even worse.
ولا زاد ابلغ من التقوى there's there's no provision uh, provision that is more effective than taqwa uh, effect what does effective provision mean i think effective provision just means the most suitable provision that you can have that helps you get to your destination so for every you can say that for every active sport there are provisions that they provide for that you get into biking uh, you have these various different um, uh, replacement uh, minerals and so on that you're supposed to take on your way so that you can have enough energy uh, they provide you different packets that you know you can purchase at different levels for each thing there's something different for runners there's something for bikers there's something for Hajj, there's provisions you, you take on the way. For a journey, you take provisions. And the idea of provision is the most appropriate provision is that which helps you reach your, your destination. So the provision of this world is taqwa. God-fearingness. It helps in many, many different aspects. So in the world, uh, as we're going through this world, we have to deal with uh, some major issues the biggest factors that confront us the biggest challenges that confront us is what one is how do we make ourselves truthful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and fulfill his obligations and number two how do we deal with people so how do we deal with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala number one fulfill the obligations stay away from the prohibitions that's two things but there's other levels that we which we deal with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which is how do we thank him for anything good that he provides us and how do we deal with any loss and shortcoming because those two are important they all come from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala right so there's no way to escape that either so to worship to avoid uh, to show your devotion to avoid prohibitions and then to deal with the calamities or successes adversities prosperity good and bad that happens to us how do we deal with that and for that taqwa is the best the god-fearingness because that is what tempers it along with knowledge and so on then the second thing that we deal with is others and sometimes the most aggravating factors could come from your closest ones because you deal with them on a more uh, frequent basis the closest ones whether that be physically close or close through kinship so that means you're dealing with your father, you're dealing with your brother, you're dealing with the children, you're dealing with your spouse. And subhanAllah, while you could change a spouse, but how do you change a father? How do you change a mother? The stories that come about mothers, fathers being unfair, being oppressive, unreasonable, too demanding, and so on and so forth. Extremely crazy stories. What do you do? Recently, I've had two or three stories like that. My advice is, especially with your close ones who you can't avoid, in the sense that they are yours, Allah has given them to you. So firstly, understand that that father of yours or mother of yours is who God gave you. There's no changing that. You can change a spouse, right? You can change a lot of other things, but you cannot change your parents or your brothers and sisters for that matter. So number one, you're stuck with that, okay? Now what peop a lot of people, uh, what a lot of people 
the conundrum a lot of people go through here is that especially if they're religious and especially if they want everyone wants to be with their family everybody wants a stable stability in their family that's a nice thing to have they're your closest ones that's where you would like your stability if you have stability everywhere else at work and so on when you go back home interact with family and you have trouble that's a bit troublesome you know you can change your group of friends you can change a company you can change a lot of other things but to have trouble with your friends is uh, with your family is very very difficult so there's this inherent desire to have stability with your family to be on good terms but what do you do so i'm being asked the question by the son or daughter i'm not speaking to the parents so i can't say your parents are bad and they must do this because they're not going to do that they're not even listening to me i'm speaking to the child so my advice to anybody who's in that situation is the same advice that the prophet sallallahu alaihi has given for the end of times all right and what is that that a time will come when there's going to be ithar there's going to be preferences given to unsuitable people over the suitable people we already see parts of that happening in different intensities around the world all right but it's just going to get worse apparently so if that's the case in your family as well sometimes there's a favorite in the family and that favorite then abuses their position like in through in, in terms of demanding inheritance or other favoritism or whatever the case is I said look your responsibility is that you fulfill your rights towards your family to your towards your parents which means you are there when they need you uh, you call them up once in a while you may visit them or whatever the case is don't expect anything in return just don't ex- expect anything in return in fact expect that there's going to be a problem and then you'll be fine because when you know and expect that there could be some potential aggravation or harm coming from a place you're prepared for it you don't like it obviously it's not nice to have that but rather than be sudden or rather than you know when you know it's going to come then you can just deal with it now obviously with anybody else you can ignore them but your parents you cannot ignore you have a responsibility so you fulfill your responsibility and if they don't give you anything no problem if they give you thank allah don't even thank anybody else just thank allah I know it's not ideal but there's no magic to change it in any other way. This is the reality and this is the best way to deal with it. If I was speaking to your parents I'd tell them something else. But I'm not speaking to your parents, I'm speaking to you. And then you'll tell me that no my parents won't listen to anybody. This is how they've been for the last 50 years or 60 years. So what do you expect to change? Yes, maybe a miracle. You can only ask Allah. But don't expect anything. that makes it easy when you don't expect anything but from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but you are fulfilling your responsibility to everybody else that you'll be rewarded by Allah for fulfilling our responsibilities to others and we'll be rewarded and Allah will provide us a replacement for what we're not getting from our loved ones that we should have received in an ideal situation and the third thing is don't perpetrate the same thing when you're in that position what's happening in a lot of these cases is that things have been happening for generations between mother-in-laws and daughter-in-laws for example and literally you, you will hear that 
the mother-in-law who's now abusing and saying, this is how we were treated by our mother-in-law, so you must do the same thing. It has to stop somewhere. It has to stop somewhere. You do something different and start a new trend, a better trend. So that, that's what it is. Just don't ask for anything from somebody else. And if they do give it to you, if you do get it, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. But otherwise, don't expect it. And you'll be much better off when you do it for yourself. So, wala zada ablag min taqwa. There is no provision that is more effective in allowing you to reach your destination than taqwa. And maybe that is the reason why the sunnah khutbah recited before nikah, before two couples come together, right, is the three verses, include the, includes the three verses of taqwa from the Qur'an. Because if each of the spouses is trying to uphold God-fearingness, is trying to uphold the laws of Allah, what they want, it just makes it easy because it provides invoking a, an authority above ourselves. So it's not me, it's not you, it's Allah that I'm doing something for. May Allah make that useful. And then, وَمَا رَأَيْتُ أَنْفَ لِلْوَسْوَاسِ مِنْ تَرْكِ الْفُضُولِ I've not seen anything that is more removing and a greater defense from whisperings, OCD I guess, um, whisperings, uncertainties, and doubts than just abandoning what's unnecessary. Abandoning anything in excess. Abandoning anything which is not needed. That's what he's saying. So he's, from the way he's saying it, he's saying that, look, people can, be, can fall prey to waswas, right? But if you want to avoid it, I've not seen anything better in defense than to negate it, than just to abandon anything in excess. Because there's less things to bother about. You've just got a few things to bother about. So that should be beneficial. Well, because وَلَا أَنْوَرَ لِلْقَلْبِ مِنْ سَلَامَةِ الصَّدْرِ Not seen anything more illuminating of the heart than a sound chest. Meaning, don't fill the chest area internally with different thoughts. Keep it safe, sound. Don't have negative thoughts. Try to be positive all the time. Uh, try not to be negative. Try not to think bad of people. Try not to interpret situations that you see in the most negative way possible. There's always various ways of interpreting something and you will see different people. Uh, many people are moderate in the way they, you know, they're, they're quite uh, adept at understanding when genuinely there is something negative and positive. But they generally keep it positive. There's others who are overly positive, right? There's nothing ever negative. Then they get caught out sometimes, right? But their positivity just goes through the roof sometimes. It's a bit over the top, but I don't know. Alhamdulillah. Then there's others who are just mostly negative. They just look at everything too critically. You have to be aware. Can't be silly and naive. But you have to give the best interpretation that's possible and in many affairs of the world there's various different narratives that you can follow uh, Islam Muslims have split because of negative narr narratives uh, one of our biggest splits between the Shia you know the Shia who split 
is because of negative na- narratives towards m- probably the uh, more than half majority of the Sahaba. So, some of the closest to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman radiyallahu anhu, Aisha radiyallahu anha, Hafsa radiyallahu anha, the most some of the, in fact the most closest to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. They've got a negative narrative about it. It's caused the, caused the Muslim Ummah to split. And a number of other things. This happens on a normal basis, the way we interpret events. Somebody didn't call you for, a, for two weeks. Generally speak to you, you know, they see you once in a while. They, they speak to you once in a while, now in two weeks. But rather than think that oh, they may have just become occupied with some kind of really engaging issue. Right, they may have been going through some trouble or whatever. You start thinking, no, they don't like me anymore. It's because of this or it's because of that. There's just some simple examples for that. So try not to do that. So these were th- just three advices. I think that's enough for, that's enough for us to um, make good with, inshallah, if Allah can help us with that. So the, th- the three things he mentioned, or the four things rather, is that there is no path that is going to be more effective in getting you closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or closer to being a human being and take this in many ways and truthfulness and there is no sign there is no path blazer there is nothing to illuminate the path for you that is more successful in doing so than knowledge and there is no provision that is more effective in getting you to your destination than taqwa and I've seen the most effective remover of doubts from people's hearts is when they is to for them to abandon excessive things or um, superfluous things or things that are beyond their need and I've not seen anything more illuminating of the heart than just having a safe, sound and a good thinking uh, heart essentially to the best of their ability. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the, t- uh, the, the tawfiq and ina- enablement uh, to, to become good human beings and to benefit ourselves and then benefit others. Wa akhiru da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma inda salam wa minka salam wa tabarak dihadran shadani wa likram. Allahumma ya hayyu ya qayyum bi rahmatika nastaghith. Allahumma gfil lana, Allahumma gfil lana warhamna wa'afina wa'adina wa zukna. اللهم اغفر لأمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم اغفر للمسلمين والمسلمات المؤمنين والمؤمنات الأحياء منهم والأموات اللهم أكرمنا اللهم أعطي أنفسنا تقواها أنت خير من زكاها اللهم ألهمنا رشدنا وأعذنا من شرور أنفسنا اللهم اغفر لموتانا المسلمين الذين شهدونك بالوحدانية وماتوا على ذلك اللهم تقبل منا يا الله accept from us يا الله protect us يا الله grant us توفيق and enablement to do that which is best for you to fulfill our obligations to you oh Allah give us the strength to deal with whatever you grant us you have granted us more than so many others in this world allow us to thank you O oh Allah, allow us to have shukr for you. Allow us to be connected for you. O oh Allah, grant us your love. O oh Allah, grant us your mercy. O oh Allah, grant us your forgiveness. O oh Allah, free us from all the shackles we have placed ourselves into. O oh Allah, free ourselves from all of our obsessions, all of our distractions, all of our 
Oh Allah, remove from us our negligences. Oh Allah, allow us to be adherent to you. Allow us to love you. Allow us to do things out of your love. Grant us the sweetness of faith. Oh Allah, grant us the sweetness of faith. Ya Allah, assist us in our homes, in our families. Oh Allah, in this world, we will all die soon. Ya Allah, we will all die soon. Allow us to prepare. Oh Allah, allow us to send sufficient provisions for the next journey. This world is a plantation for the hereafter. Ya Allah, allow us to sow and to to put enough seeds in to benefit us in this next world. Oh Allah, allow us to make the right kind of investments. Oh Allah, bless us in all that you have given us. Make it a source of afiyah and sukoon for us. Make it a source of blessing for us. Make it a source of contentment for us. Make it a source, whatever you have given us, make it a source of being closer to you, to assist others, to help others. Oh Allah, accept us for the service of your deen. Oh Allah, this Sunday as we sit here, oh Allah, bless all of us. Bless the weeks ahead, the months ahead. Until we pass away, bless our life and make the remainder, remaining part of our life better than the past part of our life. Protect us from the various calamities that are out there and the sicknesses that people, that people uh, are falling into right now. Oh Allah, especially <coughs> grant us afia and grant us shifa and grant us therapy. Ya Shafi, grant us shifa from all evil diseases and especially the spiritual ailments of the heart allow us to reach the hereafter in a pristine position oh Allah stand before you on the day of judgment you want to meet us and we want to meet you make that the best moment of our life protect us from the punishments of the grave the punishments of the hereafter punishment of the hellfire and from the eternal doom that awaits people there oh Allah safeguard us from that you have granted us iman Ya Allah, we ask you for good deeds. Oh Allah, you allow us to sit today in the masjid and to raise hands to you and no one else. Oh Allah, we see this as a, a tawfiq and a good sign from you that you want to give us. So Ya Allah, give us. There is nobody else that can give us. Oh Allah, grab us by the forelocks and enter us into Jannatul Firdaus. Improve our relationships with the close, especially with our close ones. And oh Allah, allow us to have enough wisdom to understand how to go through this world in a way that is safe and beneficial for us. And O oh Allah, make Islah uh, for our relationships. O oh Allah, bless all of those who are in trouble, the various different types of, types of trouble they are in. O oh Allah, protect us, our children, our progenies until the Day of Judgment. O oh Allah, assist us and help us from all forms of calamities that could come upon us that would be debilitating. Allow us to fulfill, uh, repay our debts. And O oh Allah, protect us from being overwhelmed by, by these things in this world. O oh Allah, O oh Allah, except from us. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun wa salamun alim mursalin wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin bi rahmatika ya rahmatun The point of a lecture is to encourage people to act, to get further, an inspiration, an encouragement, persuasion. The next step is to actually start learning seriously to read books, to take on a subject of Islam and to understand all the subjects of Islam, at least at their basic level, so that we can become more aware of what our deen wants from us. Uh, and that's why we started uh, Rayyan courses, so that uh, you can actually take organized lectures uh, on demand whenever you have free time, especially, for example, the Islamic Essentials uh, course that we have on there, the Islamic Essentials Certificate, which you take 20 short modules 
and at the end of that inshallah you will have gotten the, the basics of uh, most of the most important topics in Islam and you'll feel a lot more confident you don't have to leave lectures behind you can continue to leave uh, you know to listen to lectures but you need to have this more sustained study as well jazakallah khairan assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh